to another episode of Discreet Air, the podcast where every week we dive into the extensive and fascinating catalog of the greatest selling video game console of all time, the PlayStation 2. I'm Derek Kicker. I'm Ian Golding. And today we're playing Kill Zone. Kill Zone. Kill Zone. For those of you uninitiated, Killzone is a first-person shooter, and it came out in November of 2004, so a couple years into the life of the PS2. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you remember like all the ads for this game? Oh, yeah. Fuck, This yeah. game had some sick ads. They wanted this to be their Halo killer. I think they thought it was going to be, too. And like you know, I you know what I think really kind of stole from the vibe of Killzone. What's that? Gears of War. Yeah, that's. I think Gears of War kind of stole the vibe of Killzone. That's a good call, actually. That's that's an interesting point. I never considered that. Yeah, that first commercial that like blew everyone's mind. The uh, the Mad World. Mad World. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember. Yeah, Mad World with the big ass monster. Mm -hmm. That's. Fucking kill zone vibes. Yeah. For sure. For Without sure. the monsters, obviously. The obviously. Monsters yeah. In kill zone. I mean, they're all kind of monsters. Yeah. But yeah, so it came out in November 2004 and it was developed by Gorilla Games. Sure. Old Gorilla Games, which, I mean, Gorilla Games, good for them. They're kind of on a fucking hot streak right now, right? Yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm hmm. And the, all they had really done before Horizon Zero Dawn, that franchise, was Killzone. They did 1, 2, 3, and Shadowfall and Liberation for the PSP. Mm -hmm, that's the one. Um, and then the only game they had done before that was Shellshock Nom 67, which is a third-person shooter that I remember on Xbox. Oh, shit. So that was a while before. But it was on PS2 as well. Okay. And then I guess before that, they were uh, called Lost Boys Games. Oh, boy. And they did four games for Game Boy. They did two Game Boy Color games and two Game Boy Advance games. Interesting. Okay, so they had a bit and of none of them are particularly noteworthy. But I did come across an interesting piece of information about Guerrilla Games. And it is that they use a proprietary game engine called Decima. Huh. And Decima most famously used on Death Stranding. Really? Yeah. I thought Which, that was I the mean, Fox engine or whatever. That was Kojima's own engine. Or maybe they maybe they use no. more than one. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, probably use a bunch. Yeah, of course. But that was Kojima Productions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about Guerrilla Games. They've really only done Killzone and Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they pretty much were held up by Killzone for a long time. They went back to that well quite a few times. Yeah, it was really all they were making. And I would say, just to give like an overview on my thoughts of the franchise as a whole, I think it's a decent franchise. I think... There's some really cool things about it, and I think this, like story-wise, it's mm, very interesting. Yeah, maybe not, maybe not as like uh, esoteric or like, I mean, insane, I guess, as Halo yeah. would get. Right, right. But it, you know, it is kind of like, and I feel like there are a couple games that came out out around this time that kind of have this like, uh, 
corporations are bad, which I agree with. Of course. And like, uh, but government's also bad kind of thing. Like uh, Red Faction, stuff like that kind of came out around this time. But I will tell you this right now. Red Faction is an infinitely better game. Oh, I'm sure. I, how could it's it not? Yeah. It's not even particularly close. Wow. But this game has a cool aesthetic, so I guess that counts for something. Yeah. So <laughs> it, you could say that, like it's it's unique. It has its thing. It's not it's it's not like other games. We'll say that. Although it's a lot like Gears of War, unfortunately. For them. it is a lot like Gears. Well, I mean, I think the thing it's that's missing is Gears of War. Their whole thing is like the cover system, mm. yeah. right? Yeah. You know. Which you can, I mean, there's a lot of taking cover in this game. Yes. <laughs> but it's they don't have the mechanic that Gears of War has. No. And I would say this story is probably a little better than Gears of War. Yeah, Gears of War was I right. don't particularly care about fucking Gears of War story. Of course. But uh, speaking of story, let's get into the plot. Sure. starts out with an insane cutscene mm-hmm. where the leader of the Hellgast, which for all intents and purposes are the bad guys of the game, even though it's I think it's a little more complicated yeah. than that. But uh, you have this speech from Scholar Vasari, oh voiced by Brian Cox. And I'll be honest, this is like one of the best opening cutscenes yeah. of a game, especially for this time, that I, I can think of. I would agree. Our forefathers embarked on the greatest exodus in the history of all mankind. An exodus for freedom. Helgan became that freedom. Our new world changed our bodies. At first, it weakened us. But in fact, we were growing stronger. It's very good. It's yeah. very cinematic. It sets the tone way better than any of the like. And I guess we'll probably do a lot of Halo comparisons. You have this, to, yeah. In this, but that was the point. This whole thing was meant to be like, you know, we're not going to let Xbox take, yeah. you know, take complete control of first-person shooters. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's really good. The cutscene is really good. And basically, Killzone takes place in the future, obviously. And we have done nuked Earth to shit. Sure have. And all the governments get together and form NWO minus Hulk Hogan <laughs> and uh, call it uh, the UCN, the United Colonial Nations. Sure. And with the help from the private sector, uh, they basically take over a couple planets in Alpha Centauri. <laughs> Uh, and one of them they name Vecta, which is like a good planet. That's the thing too. This game is all about like uh, dichotomies, right? Yeah. Like it's all about like, you know, it's very binary in that way. It's very like there's this, there's the good thing, and then there's the bad. The bad thing, thing yeah. There's, there's not really a lot of room in the middle. You no. Know? That that there's, that's like a reoccurring theme in this game. But there's a plant. There's a good planet, Vecta. Uh, which is named after uh, the CEO of one of these one of these companies, uh, and then there's Helgan, which is like a dog shit planet, mm-hmm. and it's owned by another corporation basically. And that corporation tried to buy Vecta, and then basically the future UN 
sanctioned it to shit. Yep. And then there was what is referred to in the game as the first extra solar war. <laughs> so fucking nerdy. I love this yeah. game. Yeah. Which Whoa. drove drove all of them out of Vecta and onto Helgand. And Helgand sucks. Like it's dirty and like it's like, you know, not safe for people. So them being on this planet caused them to be all fucked up and like mutants yeah they're like bald and have weird eyes and shit yeah and they're pale they're like vampires that's why they have the coolest part of the game which is their fucking gas masks yes which is the aesthetically aesthetically the coolest thing in this game agreed is is the way the hell gas look yeah um it almost it's like oh god i would rather play this game completely from the perspective of hell gas yeah why not (laughs) i would rather too fuck yeah because nobody is good in this game. Like Mm-mm. this game does like a lot of uh I would call it like uh military meat riding. Yeah, that's about right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's it's very much a game that's like, oh look, he has stars on his shirt. Fucking he must be the good guy. Right. But the truth is, like, this game, there is no good guys. They're all everyone's a fuck up. Everyone's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone does bad things, and there is really no one to root for. You only root for one side because it's the side you're playing for. Yeah, exactly. You're the player character. That's the side you're on, so of course you want your yeah. own success. Yeah, But exactly. it's very hard from like a third-person perspective to root for anyone in this oh, no. game. No, certainly not. Yeah. And that's, you know, so as the, that's like the, the pre, that's like the pre-game kind of stuff that they explain. The lore. Through, throughout the story. But basically, this game revolves around the Hellgast launching uh, an invasion of Vecta, mm-hmm. and somehow they disabled the ISA, which is the your team. Uh, it, they uh, disable their solar defense network, yep. and that's like the big part of this game is that they're like basically their satellite that can like shoot you from space is disabled. And most of the game is uh, dealing with the consequences of that and also trying to fix it. Trying to get back online. Trying to get back online. Yep. This game doesn't have a lot of story, but it has a lot of lore. Yes. And there is a difference. Yes. A big one. Yeah. This game has a world that it's created. It has its rules in place for that world, but the game is not bogged down in story. No. The game is very simple, mission, objectives, kind of shit. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's a very video game story. It's like, you got to do this, and you got to fight your way there. And then you got to find this guy, and you got to fight your way there. It's just, yeah, there's no groundbreaking shit here. Like, it's it's a very simple story, but there is, like you said, uh, deep lore behind it, which is, you know, an interesting, makes it more interesting than than the actual story while you're playing. I think that's what, I mean, there's a million first-person shooters. Oh, yeah. And I think that having a deep lore where everything you do story-wise has to kind of be informed by that. Yeah. uh, Makes a difference. And I think that's why this, I would say, as much as I have a bunch of problems with this game, (laughs) I would say this is better than the vast majority of PS2 first-person shooters just because it feels more thoughtful yeah it feels like they had a something to say with it sort of yeah like it wasn't just like let's fucking you know well let's put, let's put together this ham-fisted story and then it's just shoot shoot them ups right exactly but that leads us into the actual gameplay 
I want to say gameplay is the weakest part of this game. It is the weakest part of this game. I don't think it's quite as weak as the visuals. But the gameplay <sighs> in this game is real hit or miss. I would say that the first couple missions of this game are some of the worst yes. opening missions of a game ever. If it weren't for the fact that this was so hyped, and I think it's probably fair to say that this game was a pretty big deal and revolutionary as far as like PlayStation 2 games at the time. Yeah. So maybe maybe the fact that you hadn't really seen a lot of stuff like this before back then could like kind of I guess carry you through the beginning of this game. Yeah. But the beginning of this game is absolute dog shit. It's fucking ass, dude. It is so fucking bad. Yeah. And uh, playing it on original hardware, I don't understand how anyone like got through it. Yeah. You can't see fucking anything. No. It is blurs. Everything and, is beige and brown and, and brown gray. and green and gray. It's And like you can't see shit. There's yeah. an, a mission very early on where the first thing you have to do is climb a water tower and get a sniper rifle yes. and shoot someone out of a building. And that's fine. That's that's not the problem. But immediately after you do that like five enemies spawn in a window across the street. Impossible to see them. Impossible. Like you cannot see them. And there's like a piece of scaffolding on the ground that looks like a ramp. And you would think, and maybe it's just, you know, decades of playing video games. You think, oh, maybe I can run up this thing. Yeah, right. And hop in the window. You sure as fuck can't. Nope. There's an invisible wall. You can get half halfway up it. Mm-hmm. And then it stops you. Yep. Yeah, and maybe yeah. you're thinking, maybe I can throw a grenade in there and kill them all in one Oh, row. you're not going to nope. make that. No. Nope. No, you make it through right and kill one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I ended up doing is wasting sniper rifle bullets doing it there, because the sniper rifle scope makes everything more contrasty. Yes. So you can kind of see them that way. A little bit. It's a little bit yeah. better. Yeah, it's not much better. That That's a reoccurring theme in this game. I will say that the missions get better. Yeah, they do. As the game goes along. Yeah. But those first, like, three or four missions are some of the worst. I I am of the mind when I was playing it that the game started with the first, not the first cutscene, not the opening cutscene, but the cutscene where you go and you meet the leader guy, the general or whatever. And someone late said, well, we can't start here. We've got we've to get right to the action. We want to just, we want to experience the invasion. And yeah. it had to be. It is, there's a stark contrast between those opening missions and the rest of the game. And the, they are, you've said it, they're fucking dog shit. Awful. And it's like, I, these, these aren't complicated controls. Mm -mm. It's the same controls as any other fucking shooter. Like, Pretty much. Like, R1 like does the shooties. R2 does the alternative shooties. Yeah. L the L buttons do the grenades, and it's like it's not hard. So the idea that they would put like drop you into this what is essentially like a tutorial mission in the beginning. Yeah. That is 
all like harder than the rest of the game by far purely because you can't see anything you can't see anything you can't see where the enemies are coming from you can't distinguish them from the fucking ground or the brush they are running through it's fucking awful and the fog and the controls of this game as far as like where the controls are is not bad it's fine Mm, but how this game controls is fucking terrible terrible like moving the site around is one of the worst of any first person shooter i've ever played yes you like, and you cannot you can adjust i think sensitivity but no matter what you do you're not going to be happy like no, you because it's either too slow and mm-hmm. there is no happy middle ground or you're whipping your gun around whipping too fast yeah there is no happy medium the playstation 2 controller doesn't like ne- doesn't make it better no it doesn't. It's just, it is rough. Yeah. But if you can basically get to where you start playing as the second character. Right. Because also the first character, his name is Jean. Jean? How does it say? It's really stupid. Jean Templar or something? Yeah, Jean, Jean, Jean Templar. Yeah. He's not French, though. No. Uh, Is the most, is like the worst, worst main character of a game. Like just absolute charisma black hole. It's very stupid, and all the cutscenes with him and like the the general guy are bad. Yes, and weird. And there's like odd pauses. There's odd performances in it. But I mean, they got Brian Cox to play the leader of the Hellgast. Sure, a stroke of brilliance that works perfectly. Right. But it's yeah. So if you can if you can manage to get through what I would say the first what hour and a half of this game, two. Yeah, hours? unfortunately, it is about that long. It is long. It is the game's overall is not long. I would say the game is probably like a ten hour game. Yeah, maybe. that sounds about right. You, yeah. If you are like very, very, very good at first person shooters, <laughs> I don't think you'll cut too much time off this game because this game controls poorly. No. But yeah, you could you could probably shave some time off that. But I would say it's roughly a ten hour game. There's what? I believe there's four playable characters. Like the fact that the second and third characters are different play style, which is interesting. I really enjoyed. I do, I will say the game picked up for me with the third character. The second character is much better than the third character is my favorite. Yeah, the second character is like a what there's a Shadow Marshal, I think it's Shadow Marshal Luger. Oh, but see yeah. her. See, we didn't know it's a her until she takes her hat off and there's a big yeah. reveal. I like her playstyle a lot too cuz it's like you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of Splinter Cell. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of Splinter Cell. Like she's uh She's got like a pistol. And that's another thing too that I kind of respect about this game is I think some games, I think Call of Duty is a huge fucking, you know, abuser of this. <laughs> um, this game doesn't have that many guns. No. Like there's not that many types of gun. I would say across the whole game, there's maybe like 10 kinds of guns. Tops. And yeah, like yeah. there's not much. In the first, in, in, by the time you get to the second character, You've used like four guns. You use like a sniper rifle, their standard assault rifle, right. the assault rifle you pull off the hell gas, and the which is much better than the one you start with. It is. And the like rocket launcher that is useless. Well, it's only useful against the tanks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Because Either. it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. It doesn't nope. go where you're aiming. No, it only that's goes for, towards a tank. Like that's yeah, all that's it would be. Yeah, for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> don't think there's going to be 30 guys running away. You're going to point it at their feet and think that that's going to do what you want it to do like a normal video yeah. game. No, it's not. But when happen. you have like the second character, you're a little quicker and like, so there is different play styles, which I mean, if they didn't have that, this game would be unplayable. unplayable. If you had to play as that first character the whole time, 
the game would be so goddamn boring. Yes, it would be so fucking boring. Yeah, it would just be the same. It's like because all the levels are very similar. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of the same. Yes, you know, there's not a ton of variety. There's not a ton of like different mission objectives. It's basically like let's drop you in a map. You yep. have to get from point A to point B, and sometimes it's complicated doing that because you have to like go up a a tube. Yes. And sometimes there's a tank. Yeah, sometimes. And and yeah. there's, sometimes there's a tank, and there's always only one fucking tank. There might be two later on. but And then it's just you getting ammo for your rocket launcher to blow up the tank while you also have to switch guns to kill the dudes coming at you. It's just a fucking... Yeah. Eh. And it's almost impossible to, like, die in this game. Yes. Like, you have to, like, stand in the fire. Like, you have to, like, stand and just get shot for, mm-hmm. like, a minute or two, and then you might die. But like you won't ever fail a mission unless you die. No. Like you your your comrades or whatever will just keep on doing the damn thing. It doesn't <laughs> matter. They're invincible. And the enemy AI is very stupid too. Saying they just yeah. walk right up to you and they have yeah. no idea. Like you throw a grenade at them and you'll hear them be like, Frag out or whatever. Yeah. I like yeah. their voice though. I do like their voice. Dude, the voice is fucking the and, best part. Oh yeah. Through the gas mask. Yeah. But they'll they'll see the grenade and they'll run in circles around the grenade. The and it doesn't get better. It's not like, yeah, it just it just keeps going and going. And that's another thing I got to say about this game. It just felt like I was like, I I kind of know what's happening now. I've done this. I need something new. I I don't want to be doing this for that much longer. It's just the same fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't want to go off on a tangent, sucking off Halo too much, but I will say that first Halo game I think is rough, but. You know, the the levels were a lot different. Yes. The story was more in your face in that game. Yes. It had, like, the cool mechanics with, like, vehicles and stuff. But Halo 2 absolutely changed everything. I, was, I think I was 16 when that game came out, or 15. It was impossible to not be obsessed with Halo 2. 100%. Literal game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, Killzone, I think, was just... Not creative enough to get PlayStation 2 there. I think Halo, Halo, the Halo franchise was just too good. It's, I mean, in comparison, yeah. And you know, you're we're talking about the lore of this, and the lore is great. But you, you know, you're talking again. If you got, if you're gonna call this a Halo killer, if you're thinking this is your Halo killer, you're going to get Bungie and their lore and. There's no one better, I think, in in the entire history of video games at fucking the most minute details of lore about the fucking Covenant or in Destiny about the story of this one gun you get. What I'd be interested in seeing, though, is they did HD remaster this for PS3. I would be interested in seeing if it is much better on the PS3. Uh, Yeah, I would agree. Like, I could imagine, like, I have no idea. I've never played the HD remaster of this. And I played this game when it came out, but, like, I, you know, I was just kind of enamored by how cool everything looked. Right. Um, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if this game is actually pretty good in its remaster. If they remaster the graphics and maybe, maybe do a once-over on the controls, it could yeah. be a good game. It could be a good Which game. Which I imagine they would do, because, like, I, I, you know, they have... That was like the PS3's thing, right? Is it was so hard to like program for. There's so many remasters on the PS3. And I think that most people consider those like the definitive kind of ways to play them. Yeah. 
This might be the so, same. So I wonder if like this is just better. Yeah, it probably is. Odds are. Yeah. But despite all the the shitting on this game <laughs> that we've done, like like I've said, I think the story is pretty good. Yeah. I think the vibe of the game is good. I enjoy the world they built. Yes. And as you know, as rough as this game can be, it did by two by December two thousand five shipped two million units. So it was a success. It was a success. And it spawned a ton of fucking sequels. Let's talk about the reception of this game a bit. Yeah. Look, let's... I'm looking at all the scores mm. and I feel like we're kind of dead on. So I didn't look at any of the scores before we started this. No, did I. And I don't read game reviews at all. It's Metacritic score is 70. Yeah. Which is mixed or average. Yeah. Reviewers cited technical problems with Killzone, including inconsistent AI. Sounds right. Occasional bugs, sounds right. Sounds right. Frame rate issues, yup. Whoa, yeah. Distracting graphical glitches, mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, oh, that was one thing we didn't talk about. I ran through I ran through and got caught in so many fucking walls. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The architecture was fucked up. Very bad. Repetition of the same voices, true. All the hell gas sound exactly the same. Yep. They're the same stock voice. Uh, short draw distance, that never really bugged me. Oh, that was why there was the fog. They yeah. Have, yeah, yeah, it's the Silent Hill two thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. or the Silent Hill one thing. One right? thing. That's, yeah, how, that's yeah. how they were able to do three D three D backgrounds in yep. that game. And awkward control system. Ooh, I can yeah. agree with literally everything all of that. said. Yeah. It says critics complained about the gameplay with IGN labeling it underwhelming and mediocre. Sure. That's not wrong. Not wrong. Uh, so it looks like GameSpy. <laughs> GameSpy has a good take on this game. Which is. GameSpy claimed that Killzone partly suffered due to the incredible publicity it received before release, raising expectations only for them to go unfulfilled. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Despite this, Killzone was admired for its sound effects, its soundtrack, and the presentation of a gritty war zone. Okay. It was also credited for its unique hard sci-fi art design. Yeah, which is what I like about it. Yes. I think the music's good. Yeah. I think the music's pretty good. I... I got to disagree with the sound effects. I remember them just feeling like they're the same. They're all the same. Yeah, I didn't yeah. feel like I don't, there I don't was like sound effects either. And and the sound effects were so bad. I feel like I didn't even really. They felt like they punched through the music a lot, and it just didn't. Yeah, I, I think I, they punched through it too much. And also, I think that like it does that thing where like it feels like all the sound effects are on one layer. Yes. So like, there's no. There's no like quiet sound effects and then loud sound effects in the front or like right. there's no there's no space in no. the sound effects. Yeah, the music's good, but again, like wh- again, I have to keep comparing it to Halo. You, there are certain times in Halo, you know, the, the thought that goes into Halo, Halo Two, all those. They're like, all right, we're getting to this. We spent a fucking eight months designing this fucking doohickey, this new building. We're gonna lower everything, but the mute. We're gonna literally bring the music up as you approach. Blah blah blah. You make it a moment. This was just like hit play when the player crosses, hits this activation tile on yeah. the floor. Yeah. Halo, especially Halo, Halo Two, especially. Everything about it feels very intentional. Mm-hmm. Nothing feels half-assed in that game, and some no. stuff in this game definitely feels half-assed. Oh yeah. What what are you what what are you ranking this game? 
Okay, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm just going to say it and then I'll give my reasons. I'm going to give this two and a half impossible to shoot sniper rifles. I'm going to give it three out of five gas masks. Perfect. For me, you know, I, I judge the gameplay and I judge the graphics and I have to remember their products of their time. Like I'm saying, there's no like indicator. There's no thing that tells you where to go. That wasn't a thing yet. It's just, you know, that's the difference between a classic and just a game. And this is, unfortunately, I can't call this a classic. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think this is a classic. I think, and maybe, maybe this is, maybe this is like an underlining, like maybe this is like a silver line, right? Right. Is I don't think that this game is a classic, but I think it's hard to argue that Killzone as a franchise is not a classic. So that says something right there. I'd that agree. This world they built is worthwhile, worth exploring. Mm -hmm. Just maybe not. This game's not the best one. This is a foundational game, meaning it's the foundation for all that comes after yeah. it. They built on this. Good for them. But the foundation is rotten. Yeah. It, it, is, a rock, it is a rocky experience. Yeah. It is not, uh, not, not the best. So that was Killzone from 2004. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Come back next week. We release an episode every PS Tuesday. Thank you so PS much Tuesday. for listening. And uh, feel free to hit us up on at Discreet Air Pod on Instagram, or you can find me at Funeral Casual Games on Instagram. I'm at at Ian Golden Games. And we will see you next time. See you then. Bada boom, bada bing.